This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday week. Five friends, one football club. And about six jokes they just repeat over and over and over and over. Good afternoon, good evening and welcome to the Wednesday week. My name's Dan Fudge and, uh, well, we're here, we're here again, once again, on uh, on quite a big momentous day for uh, for Sheffield Wednesday on a day where we take somebody who used to manage Sheffield United. There's only two people in the world that have, um, that have done this feat. And uh, one of them went the other way. And today is the day that somebody's come the other way. So in order to talk about that, dissect it and talk about our trip to the Midlands, um, on one on one side of me, I've got Mr. James Marriott. Are you there, brother? I am, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, by the way, if this is our first managerial appointment who's previously had a cabbage thrown at him. I can't, I can't think of any previous <laughs> managers who've had, who've had cabbages thrown at them. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I I couldn't tell you. I'm uh, that, that's not a stat on Wikipedia for me to uh, for me to try and get to the bottom of. And uh, and on the other side, in the blue corner, I've uh, we've got Vic. Are you all right, darling? Hi, sorry. I'm just reading my book about Steve Barnes, the um, football manager who <laughs> solves crimes and mysteries. Good evening. <laughs> that that of course is a cracking reference to uh, the books written by Steve Bruce, uh, which I'm sure Vic will tell us all about later on. So, uh, so before we start, don't forget, uh, this program is brought to you by the Riverside Cafe, also open on match days. I'm great for, uh, uh, you know, ham and cheese uh, sandwich, uh, a pint of Belgian blue, and I'm pretty sure there is a brie and cranberry, but I don't know. I'm not sure. It's been a while. So, uh, moving on. Um, James, you were at the Birmingham game? Uh, yes. Right. So, one of, uh, one of our new gaffer's old clubs, I think a club that he spent a good six years at, I think it's one of his... Uh, Longest serving clubs. So, uh, mm. see my little segue there. I, I like what I did there. And um, by all accounts, we did very well. Uh, let, let's take it right to the back. What about lineup? What about starting? What about positions? Westwood coming back from this uh, this hotly debated injury <laughs> that he had himself. I mean, <laughs> what do you reckon? What do you reckon? Where, where do we go from there? It was a bit weird, wasn't it? That whole Westwood thing with him just you know being out for a game and then. Um... Uh, back into the team, so yeah, that was that was kind of odd, really. Um, what did what did they make of the team selection? Yeah, I mean, other than Westwood, there were no major surprises. It was good to see Fletcher back in the team. Um, it must be. I mean, when was the last time that Sam Hutchinson started like three games in a row? I don't think that's is it three. Yeah, it's three games in a row, isn't it? That he that he started. So yeah. that was um, that was a bit of a surprise. Other than that, yeah, I mean, um, the only thing that I think is quite noticeable while Lee Bullen has been in temporary charge is. That the average age of our starting eleven has shot up uh, because we're not playing any youth players at all. So um, you know, there's no Thornley in the team. There's no Matt Penny in the team. Dawson obviously came back, but then back out again. So um, you know, we're we're kind of you know we're we're playing the senior pros. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. I don't know how significant that's been in terms of actual results and what the knock-on effect of that is but um yeah no real surprises in the um in the starting 11. Okay so yeah as you say Sammy Hutchinson three on the bounce I don't even know if that's that's something that he's uh, that he's ever done before for us but I'd, I'd love to see the stats on it that, that might be one for your uh, 
you know, for your side chick podcast that you have there, Ooh. James. Fudge, that reminds me, that reminds me, at this weekend, there was a whole new feature at Hillsborough. Dun, dun, dun. The scoreboard had stats on it halfway through the game. It just came up with, like, possession stats. It was really odd. (laughs) Like, you get on the Sky Sports app, it was like, dun, dun, like, shh, tea, stat time, happy days. Yeah. Didn't really tell us much because we were were there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, we've had seven shots, I know. Oh, you know, I, I like new things. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, then, James, let's uh, let's go back. To this. So, uh, we started the game. We've kicked off. Did were Birmingham all over us? I mean, at, at the time, I'll, I'll admit I didn't see this game because I was watching the uh, what I call the Lee Peacock Derby uh, in Eastleigh versus Haventon Waterlooville. So, you know that big tasty wow. uh, South Coast Derby. Yeah, you know, some people say I, I... It's Southampton Pompey. For me, it's that one. That's El Classy Coast. El Classic Coast, brilliant. That's yeah, that is good, mate. That's it good. Took me a while to show uh, on that one, in if I'm honest. <laughs> most weekends of the year, you know, I'd have been quite jealous of you because you'd have picked the better of the games to go to. But you know what? It was a good game. It was a good game on Saturday. Uh, it wasn't on Saturday, was it? It was a good game on what? I don't even know what day it is. New Year's Day. Uh, yesterday, it was a good game. Um, yeah, um, I I thought that we uh, we actually played pretty well right from the start, to be honest, and. There was never really a point that Birmingham particularly troubled us. Um, you know, we we had chances to go ahead before we did. We certainly had you know, a good couple of chances in that first ten minutes. I'm being quite non-committal because um, don't remember all that much of it. But um, I know that you know we we yeah we we played well. Would you agree with that, Vic? Yeah, I think it was great. I think it was much better than obviously, you know, like the Borough game we've talked about before and we were saying about how things were looking up. And I I really, really enjoyed it. I thought I was on the edge of my seat. I thought if it hadn't been for Lee Camp, we could have won that 6-1. I did see one that was a a Lee Camp save where he did something like what I would describe as a uh, a cat on the mattress when he sees your foot moving and does like a little scamp on top. And I, I you know, I, I hope people know what I mean. Like, I think uh, an old Forest fan had, um, had tweeted it saying Lee Camp being Lee Camp. But, um, but by the sounds of it, the goalkeeper had a good game. And, um, and yeah, I mean, did it did it feel like a loss? I mean, I, I know I'm skipping ahead through through the game, but you know, did were we really that good? Yeah, yeah it, it was, <laughs> we yeah. really were. It was, um, I, I would say, probably the better of the four performances since Lee Bullen's been in charge. Um, I think, you know, we, we've, we've shown steady improvement game by game. Um, I know we've not really talked about the, well, we haven't talked at all about the West Brom game, and I'm sure we'll probably chat about that a bit later on. But, um, you know, that the, there were real signs of improvement there. And again, you know, another few days kind of working together, the group of players that he's kind of favouring. Um and you know it was noticeable, uh, and I know you know Vic, you want to kind of mention George Boyd a bit as well. But but some of the players who've not been performing brilliantly this season, and you know the amount of love there's been for Morgan Fox on Twitter over the last few days is 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 crazy. Considering it's the same people that basically wished him dead a couple of months ago. Um, but you know it, it was uh, it was interesting that we we really played as a unit, and there were there were points where we were moving we were moving um, the ball around really neatly. Um, that there was, I, I was particularly the the performance of Matthias. I thought was was really noticeable. One of the best games that he's had for us, and he worked really, really hard. Um, and that included, you know, getting back and doing some of the dirty work. They just felt like a team that was kind of playing for each other. There was also a moment in the game, and I can't remember when it was. I think it was in the second half, where for about three seconds, Sam Hutchinson turned into Messi, uh, and <laughs> he was. He was one touch away from possibly the best piece of play that we've ever seen at Hillsborough. <laughs> now, obviously, he, he screwed it up in the end, but it was it was just it was beautiful. It was a, a thing of absolute beauty. I uh, yeah, I think is that is that the one on the on the back of the tackle where he went diving in as as a la Sam Hutchinson, and then somehow came up and did like not a Cruyff turn, like a, a red nap McManaman type of turn. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That well, it it did look glorious. Then, I mean, what yeah. happened after? Uh, I think he just fell over or something. But anyway, you know, it was it was it was good. It was good. He tried to do like two of those fancy flicks, and I think he just got his uh, his legs in a, in a in a bit of a mess. But you know what I mean? The the way that Hutch is playing is it's it's really significant because I think he personifies the the belief that's in this team now uh, because he is playing like the Hutchinson of old. And I think you know we we saw a bit of Sam Hutchinson last season, but it wasn't the same. 
Sam Hutchinson. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't the player that that you would. You know, we we've said a few times that really, you know, he should be the first name on the team sheet. And in a lot of ways, he's kind of the best player that we've got because of the fact that he does something that there's very few players in this league can do well. And, you know, he's back to playing like that now. And, um, you know, that's brilliant to see. And I know it, it, it's, it's all daft looking back about the fact that he didn't play for so long. In, in a lot of ways, maybe it's a blessing in disguise because he had a long period of time to really sort out his fitness. Um, and, you know, he's come back with a hunger and a desire that we've um, just not seen in, in Hutchinson for, you know, well over probably 18 months since we saw him kind of playing like um, like like this. Um, and I don't think he's picked up a yellow card yet. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Do you know what, though? I think one of the things that about that squad that played on, uh, well, it wasn't Saturday, was it? On New Year's Day, um, was the fact that it was a very much a Lee Bullen team in that there was a veteran in every position. So, like, you're going from your Westwood to, you know, Tom Lees, you're going through to Hutch, and then you've got, obviously, Fletcher up front, who we've talked about before. He's so intelligent on and off the ball. He's just incredible. And I just think that those, like, that's your spine of a team that we, we can bring as many youth through as we want, but at the end of the day, sometimes you have to rely on those old-school players who've been there, done it, and are willing to shout at each other. And, my God, you could hear every word Sam Hutchinson was shouting, like literally everything. And George Boyd as well, like you said, James, obviously he's a veteran in his own way. He's just not been around for a long time. And he covered, like, every blade of grass, didn't he, to quote that guy off Football Heaven. Um he just, he was outstanding. And you can see why, there's some sort of stat about him, James, that he's run the most yards in the Premier League or something. Um, and I think that was quite clear to see the other day. The most stats in the Premier League. That's that's not bad. Um, most now, yards. At the, <laughs> at the risk of sounding like a uh, like a naysayer. It's, I mean, you know, it's not like me to uh, to pick on the negatives or anything like that. Now, yes, we conceded late, and it was unfortunate. You know what I mean. And um, and I I believe that a, a point is is not a bad result because they've had they've had a good run of uh, a good run of results. But the the big negative to come out for me is after after what guy what you guys have just been saying was, um, well, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought that a bunch of seasoned professional footballers would play better than a load of kids who are in the first season? Absolute beggar's belief in it. You wouldn't you wouldn't have thought that was going to happen, would you? And all it does when we have these uh, performances uh, like West Brom and like Birmingham, like the last two games where these seasoned professionals have come in, um, it does beg the question: Who gave Josh Lukai that job in the first place? What you know what I mean? What credentials did he really have? Fudge, to, you've to really actually... got to stop looking up his Facebook now. You've got to block him on Twitter. You've just got to let it go. He's gone. He was a horrible, horrible horrible partner um he was stubborn he was arrogant mm -hmm. and it's been proven and i think now we've got you know we've still got bully in charge we've obviously got the two new guys and steve bruce whenever whenever he fancies it um but i think yeah we've just got to let it go now there's no point in being bitter about it we all know now and actually if anything if you can turn it into a positive the positive is that actually it was him all along. There was no contract problems. There was no mm. sort of behind the scenes issues. It wasn't Dave on Chancery saying, no, if he makes 100 appearances, I've got to give him 100 grand. It was none of that shit. It was just a stubborn, moustached Dutchman. And now he's gone. And we can play whoever we want, whenever we want. He's going to get remembered, isn't he, as one of those, um, those figures in the history of the club, like Dave Richards and Ola Tidman. And may you know to some lesser extent Christian Merileb of just absolute disgraceful decisions from the club. But um, to just segue this a little bit, James, I'm going to come to you about this. Uh, I, I, did you reference that we didn't, uh, we haven't spoken about West Brom, the West Brom game? Correct. Yes, um, because I, I mean, this time of year, you've, I, I have no idea what day it is today. I think yeah. it's Wednesday, but I'm really not sure. Um, so I was thinking about the uh, Birmingham game as being at the weekend, but it wasn't. The West Brom game was at the weekend. Birmingham was only like New Year's Day. So yeah, we have played two games since we last recorded, haven't we? I've, I, do you know what? I, I, I'm, I can't remember what day was Boxing Day when we were all in your kitchen. Uh, that wasn't, that boxing, wasn't day, boxing Day. Boxing Day, I was in Newcastle. Christ. Yeah, and again, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of strongbow dart fruits uh, and you've had a lot of wafty beers, you know, oh, since then. Oh, sorry about that, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'll tell you what, give us a brief synopsis of the West Brom game. Uh, again, how you felt when another late a late goal, um, a really late goal on that one, to be fair, but again, a hard-fought point 
and um, you know, we'll not try and make this podcast too Midlandsy, but uh, but you know, let's let's let, you know, give us a brief synopsis of West Brom. Tell what tell what your thoughts were. It was um, kind of similar in terms of the fact that we were pretty good, um, and you know, we we certainly uh, West Brom didn't look like the team that were were kind of one of the favourites for promotion, um, and certainly in a in, in a good vein of of Thorn. Um, that you know, if you were a neutral, you'd probably have thought that we were that team because of the fact that we, you know, generally I think we performed better across the park. Having said that, you know, if 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 West Brom scored that goal a bit earlier in the game and it finishes one all, then you probably say, all right, maybe one all's a fair result. Um, as it turns out, because of the fact that it's a you know a last minute injury time goal, you kind of view it as as a negative, don't you? And it kind of becomes it feels a bit like losing losing the game. Um, and you and you look back on you know, individual mistakes towards the back end of the game that you can kind of, you know, point the finger at. And, and I was I was, a, I was a bit miffed with Barry Bannon for not doing better with, you know, when, when he was kind of clean through. He had a couple of options where he could have passed. He could have taken it in the corner. He could have drawn a foul. Uh, he could have just stuck it in the back of the net. And in the end, he, he ends up in row Z. And you're like, what? That's really, really bad decision-making. But it doesn't matter. You know, we, 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 we've we got to stick together. We've got to, we, we win games as a team. We lose games as a team, and in this case, we drew, we drew the game as a as, as a team. We had enough chances to have won that game, and um, you know it, it was just a shame. It was it was a very similar story to the Birmingham game in terms of the fact that if we take our chances, then you know we're out of sight much earlier in that in that game for for it to even be you know an issue. What happens when we when we go into injury time? Uh, we've got to take the positives from it, and and that is you know four games over Christmas, we were unbeaten. We won two of them. Um, I'd have been quite happy with six points from those four games. And in the end, we got eight points. We were unbeaten and we've shown signs of improvement game on game. So you've you've just got to take all the positives and, and ignore the negatives and leave uh, you know, the new coaching staff to kind of pick up on, on those negatives and do what they need to do and you know, those areas where we where we can still improve, then they can go away and, and, and improve them. But um for, for for me, I think the West Brom game was just a really good example of 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 kind of who we've become in this really short period of time since um, since Bullen's been in charge. There was a lot of spirit, and um, it was it was good. Yeah, excellent. I mean, uh, Vic, we did see a well, not a new face, but an old new used to play for somebody else for a bit. Old new <laughs> face uh, turn up against uh, against West Brom. Now, as James said, then we've been a bit, uh, we've been lacking in front of goal in terms of decision-making in front of goal, which is ironic for a team with about six strikers on the books because Carlos decided he's just going to sign all of the strikers. So, I mean, but, um, but uh, the West Brom game, wasn't it? Saw the return of Sammy Winall, albeit a, um, a substitute appearance. Um, are you excited or what? Am I excited or what? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, it was only a quick sub appearance. And the other day, I don't think he even got time to break a sweat, did he? Apart from that little scramble in front of goal. But yeah, like like James said, you know, we've got all these players coming back now. And I think for me, it's it's almost a good thing. So like Hutch has been out for all that time. It's like we've got a new Sam Hutchinson. It's like taking away your phone to get it repaired and it coming back with a new button. Like It's just like everything's brand new on it. So you know, we've got we've got Forestieri, we've got Winnell, we've got uh, Fletcher's obviously back now. We've got Hoops, apparently, who's going to be let out of his box at some point. We've got Westwood, we've got, you know, these people are coming back, Boyd. Um, and it, <laughs> you did that to Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> I, was on, I, did, I did it to Westwood, but I was on mute, so I was a couple of seconds behind. George Sorry Boyd. about that. George Boyd! <laughs> <laughs> but we've got all these players coming back that actually with the position that we're in as a football club that we know financial fair play is about to bite us on the arse we, or could potentially bite us on the arse we are now in a position where we've got five or six new players coming back and not only that, they were our best players so it's quite, I think Sammy Winnell coming back is great you know, if we'd have just signed him this January and never had him before, we'd all be buzzing after his spell at Derby so let's, let's crack on, I'm, I'm really, really happy well, yeah, I mean, his, his short time he was playing with Derby, he, he did manage to score a, a decent goal to appearance ratio, didn't he? A lot, uh, a lot better than what Jordan Rhodes is doing down at um, down, down at Norwich. But I just, on the side of Jordan Rhodes, by the way, I need to tell you this because this is like, this is a fun gag. Um, when we go to my my missus works in a boozer, and when we go there, we uh, we always borrow the. Um, 
the key to the disabled toilet, to the, sorry, the accessible toilet. And uh, we refer to it as the pool key. And uh, and that's who's scoring all the goals for Norwich this season. So so that's fun, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> you know, have you got the pool key? You know what I mean? That's a, that's a fun gag for you. And so, yeah, so uh, other news as well around the league. You know, uh, Leeds uh, still up there. They're doing me head in. Uh, Norwich have got the pool key scoring for them. Now, this one, in order to complete the... Um, the foursome of um, what we say Midlands clubs. The two remaining is Wolverhampton and Aston Villa. Now, this is quite. This is a great story. I don't know if you've uh, seen this today, guys, but um, Aston Villa have had Tammy Abraham taken off them by his parent club Chelsea, and then Wolves have boshed in a twenty million bid to uh, to buy him, which I think is uh, top shit out. Top shit out in from Wolves. <laughs> Top shit housing on a on a local on a local club there, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep you posted if that one turns up. So right, so the big news again, you know we're on it. This is happening. This is a proper appointment. This is a this is something that that I I'm actually really happy with. I don't understand when I see tweets uh, and I see Facebook posts. I don't understand the vitriol uh, from our fans who've not who's not really had a roll of the dice yet um, to. You know, for, for for my fans to berate the appointment of Steve Bruce as uh, as the new manager of, she- of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Now, this man has got a, a wealth of experience in getting out of this league. I think he's probably got out of it more than anybody else. I think it's is it four times he's managed to get out of the yeah. league. He was um, he was ninety minutes away as were we uh, last season and lost to uh, lost to Fulham in the playoff final. Um, so, I mean, Vic. You know, what, what what do you think about this appointment? Is it a proper one or do you want it? Or, it's a or, it's, proper one. Yeah? I think it's absolutely bloody brilliant. I think there are, there are so many managers in this game now, English managers who, or sorry, British managers, I should say, who have been around the block, who have achieved great things and have been an absolute, well, shit kicker of a manager, if you like. So you've got your Warnocks, you've got your Steve Bruce's, you've got your Mick McCarthy's, you've got your Sam Allardyce's. But actually, I think out of all of that lot, Steve Bruce is the best option for us by an absolute country mile, but he needs time. And I think Dave on Chamsiri has proved to us that he's willing to give, um, sorry, my dog's just picked the sheet, uh, willing to give managers time, um, as he did probably too long with the previous two. Um, so I think that's one good thing on our side. Um, he took his time at um, Birmingham, took six years, uh, obviously, but he got two promotions from the championship. Obviously, Hull, we know, he absolutely shat on us at Wembley. Um, so happy new year to everyone but the army. And, you know, so he's been there. He's done it four times, like you said. He's also, as Alex Bruce tweeted earlier, um, he was there at Cardiff, as I've mentioned before. He's seen Sheffield Wednesday. He's seen the things that he can do. And I actually think we're a good we're a good club for him to go to as well because he's going to have the opportunity to, to do good things here if he's backed by a good chairman, which I wholeheartedly believe he will be because I think to his detriment sometimes, Chancery has been very trusting with his managers and handed them a lot of cash over and given them a lot of time. And I think that's exactly what he needs. And I just hope that the fans who are calling him all these names and whatever else, I, d- I just don't get it. I think if he'd have brought yep. in Megson, it like it would have done nothing, absolutely nothing for this club. We did what marched him up to back at Cop again and that would have been it. But we need somebody like Steve Bruce, who's of that same vein, but with the results to prove it, you know, as a player and as a manager. We forget as well, you know, just because I read today he was never capped for England, which is just absurd. Uh, yet won 12 trophies at Man United. Now that is like, that's that's the kind of player that we need. That's a shit kicker. That's somebody who's going to come in and show them what for. And he's also got the experience of playing for Man United at that top level that'll inspire the younger kids as well. Um, and obviously his son went through youth academies, so he's dealt with that as a father and as a coach. I think it's an absolutely brilliant appointment. Um, and obviously he writes some classic novels, such as Striker, Speaker and Defender, <laughs> uh, based so, on okay, arms, Vic, yeah. solves mysteries yeah. and murders and thwarts terrorists. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell. You're gonna have to tell us more about that. So what, what's the story? That's all I know. Fudge from Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. oh, I don't you know, know the title. <laughs> yeah, striker, sweeper and defender based on a fictional football man- manager, Steve Barnes, who was based on himself, who solved murders and mysteries and thwarted terrorists. 
He's really embarrassed about them apparently now, and they're really like sought after collectibles. I had a quick look on uh, eBay earlier, and there are some available. Apparently, there's a really good podcast uh, that absolutely rips it to shreds. So I will retweet that later for people to have a listen. Um, but yeah, that's that's. I mean, that beats Win the Day or Carlos's four four two book, doesn't it? <laughs> I tell you what. So. So, oh, by the way, I just need to mention that that was Vic's dog in the background there. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a gaggle of men. <laughs> a gaggle of men there I just thought, sat on the settee. He just picked up a sheep. Like, what? <laughs> I bought her a sheep for Christmas, right? And it's like, it's one of these rope toys, and I thought it didn't squeak. I like, I stand in pets at home squeaking these toys. I thought it didn't. I got it home, and of course it bloody squeaks. Of course it does. <laughs> of course it does. So... All right then, so let's let's come to the other side of it now. James, I'll not lie, I am in Vic's camp with this um, with this with this appointment. I uh, I feel that it's it's the right one. I think it's the best man for the job and the people available. Absolutely, you know, you know, like one of those absolutely god awful conversations you have in the pub where somebody goes, "Well, if you're going to get rid of manager, who are you going to get in then?" This bloke, this bloke that's got out of it four times. Now, have we just gone balls to the wall? And just thrown out any money sanctions that we've got, any you know what I mean, any uh, any problems that we've got with cash flow and troubles with FFP and all the rest of it. Have we just gone balls to the wall, or as Carlos said, have we just put all our meat on the fire and we're going to see what we cook? Uh, I mean, financially, I don't know, and 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 that's uh, you know we we've got an hours about stat coming in in the next few days and we've got to do some real work to try and figure out where this money is coming from because um you know last last we knew and it was even said at the uh the the, the fans forum that you know we've got a, a gap of about 15 million to um to, to, to close um and yet you know obviously it costs money to fire a manager and to bring in someone that's won promotion four times um that the, there's obviously you know they're going to demand a certain wage um to assistants who've already started that costs money um and you know then we're, we're told that steve bruce is going to have money to spend in in january and we're not going to be selling any players so that, you know that math just doesn't add up unless there's something that's happened um that we're not aware of that's um allowed the club to raise some um money and the only real asset that we've got that we could sell that aren't players is our football stadium so um you know we we if, if something had, had had happened there, we don't necessarily have a right to know about it. It, it wouldn't come out until we saw the accounts. You don't have to uh, publicly announce that if you don't want to. Um, so that's not me um, trying to stir or, or anything. It's just it, it honestly is the only thing that I can think of uh, that would allow us to bring a large amount of money into the into the club very quickly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of the actual appointment of Steve Bruce, and, and, and don't get me wrong here, like, you know, of the options out there, I think He's a, he is a good appointment. My my problem with all this is the the process that led up to it, because you know we we had is the fourth manager that we've had under Chancery. Now Stuart Gray never really got his kind of chance, uh, and it, it's interesting in the last kind of two three months just how many people have said, "Oh, I'd, I'd take him back in a heartbeat." Uh, but you know uh, Stuart Gray didn't 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 get his didn't get his opportunity. Um. Carlos came in as someone who uh, had never managed in this country before, but was known for kind of exciting football. He was Mr. Charisma. He actually suited the project in certainly the first 18 months of it, and it all went a little bit sour. Then we went to the opposite end of that of that scale. You know, Carlos was known for wanting to be everyone's friend um, and for being, you know, quite relaxed about players when it comes to training and things. We brought in Jos, who was the opposite to that. So Jos was, you know, a, a, an authoritarian. He was all about sticking to rules. If you didn't follow his rules, we saw very clearly what happens to those players who were just, you know, cut out of the squad. And we've we've probably all heard the stories about, you know, some of the players that were just cut from the squad. He just refused to speak to them. He would not actually speak to some of those, you know, first team professional players. So we went to the, you know, the opposite end of the scale and, and, and that didn't work either. So it kind of feels like my worry is that we've just thought, well, we've tried that and we've tried that. Well, should we go for the British option now? Should we try getting a British manager in and see what happens? You know, I'm just not convinced that there's any kind of longer term plan that we've sat and developed and then thought, right, okay. Easy. <laughs> uh, did well, you get a plan you know, for Christmas? That's, uh, well, if I did, I'd drop it off at, at, at S6 tomorrow and uh, 
and and let them have it. But you know, it's it's like we we can't just keep appointing managers because we think they're good managers. That's that's not enough anymore in in this league. And uh, I, I I I would be absolutely delighted to be proved wrong on this. Uh, and I would love Steve Bruce to be hugely successful. You know, we we so, made a prediction at the end of the last Owls About Stat that in 12 months' time, we'll be having this conversation again because he hasn't got unlimited cash to spend. doesn't matter if we manage to raise some, he's still not got unlimited cash, uh, cash to, to spend. There's a lot of players who are out of contract in the summer. There's a massive rebuilding program, and I just don't know. Uh, maybe Steve Bruce is the right guy. I'm just, I, I, I'd, I'd love to know what process we went through to reach that conclusion or whether or not it's just, you know, shit and a wall. <laughs> just just waiting for something to stick. So so you, you believe <laughs> there's you believe there's a degree of trepidation financially and and football as well. Kind of, yeah. I mean, in terms of, you know, actually coming in and doing the job tomorrow, I think Steve Bruce is a great appointment. Um, I, I just don't know whether or not there's enough thought into the longer term that's that's gone into it for me to 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 kind of sit here and go it's a it's a cracking appointment um and and that you know i, I know it, it makes it sound like i'm just being miserable and, and i'm i'm really not it's just you know without that consideration of what about three years five years how does bruce fit into that you know if he was coming in with like maybe a younger assistant and you thinking oh actually you know i can kind of see how there's a you know a progression plan there or something um then you know it might be it might be different but i i i i just don't know i just i i'm kind of harking back to the the kind of the chaos that was the fans forum and i'm thinking if if everything that we're doing at the moment behind the scenes is as chaotic as that then what we've done is we've just thought who's the best manager that's out there steve bruce let's get him in um and if it doesn't work out we've just wasted you know a shitload more money on something that if if you know if we were thinking far enough ahead we'd know you know, the right manager to bring in. You know, it's a, This is a crap example, right? But Brentford, when Brentford's manager leaves, and it happens all the time, Brentford's manager gets poached by someone and moves on. But they already know, they've already identified two or three candidates who are normally people you've never heard of. And, you know, we've, we've done that and it's not worked out with the two managers that we've done it with. And I'm not saying that that's the route that we should go down. What I'm saying is that, you know, they know, they already know who the, the manager is that they're going to bring in in the same way that they're planning four or five transfer windows down the line and then know which positions they need to strengthen in in two years time um and 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 it's all part of this bigger machine when we're not that at the moment and and that's what i've really been advocating saying we you know we need to be that machine you know we need to know who we are and where we're going and then who the manager is kind of just becomes part of that and um i hope that makes sense it doesn't just sound like i'm just having a whinge because actually steve bruce is a great appointment and i'm not suggesting that he's not i just don't <laughs> think he's the long-term appointment that we that we really need right now i, I I, I agree with you to some extent. I do. I think uh, I think Steve Bruce is is the best appointment that we could have made, and it's somebody that we're aware of, and it's somebody we know can get out of the league, which is you know, which is which is what we all, all ultimately want. Now, this is where my head and my heart, and you and I have had millions of conversations about it, James, um, about the style of football, and I'm now. This is the day. It's the second of January. It's ten to nine in the evening. And today is the day I'm going to jump on your bus today because we've got a new manager that, that I do believe in, if I'm honest. I do, I do feel that this, this could go somewhere. I'd be devastated if it goes south, but I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to put my meat on the fire. Now, I would happily, under this manager, take crap football under results. I'd, I'd rather have the results because I'm prepared for that now. Back when, um, back when Carlos was in charge, we were capable of playing exciting football and we didn't, and, and it wound me up. Now, under Steve Bruce, I'm aware that his, his football isn't the most pretty to look at. He's not the most pretty to look at, and neither is his son. However, there is a, that's where our club is right now. That's, that's, the, that's the situation we're in. I, you remember after talking to us when we spoke about the, um, the derby uh, a few months back, Sorry, last last two months ago, um, and I was saying that it was embarrassing the way that that's that's how far our club have fallen in order to set up at a local derby like that. I'm 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 happy that we are going to shore our defence up, stop leaking goals, start playing actual professional footballers as opposed to a busload of kids who I don't doubt will become great footballers. But I, I'm happy to take the points over the performance. Um, 
for this season, and then I'll and then I'll reconvene it over um over the next uh, the next season. What do you reckon? What do you reckon to that, James? I finally converted. Yeah, um, good. Um, welcome to the bus. It's lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um, I, I'm not necessarily saying that I've gone the opposite direction, but in a lot of ways, <laughs> right? I think that what's what's happened under Lee Bullen and the fact that you know the players are playing a little bit freer, um, and you know we look like we've got a bit more purpose. I kind of think it might be a mistake for us to go back towards playing some football that's just about trying to get results because I, I think. I'm a bit scared to say this, but I think it's pretty obvious we're not going to get relegated this season. Like we, it'd be really unlucky now. You know, we we know that the sum of our parts is good enough to to, to stay in this league. So, um, you know, we 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 don't. Uh, I know Chancery thinks we can still make the playoffs. We, we'd have to average more points per game than Leeds have done in the first half of the season for us to comfortably make a playoff place. You know, we could you know, maybe maybe just squeeze a playoff place you know at the last minute and, and not average that but we, we're talking more than two points per game that we've got to be averaging in order to get into the top six now so i, th- I think that this is a season where um we can you know maybe aff- afford to uh, kind of spend a bit more time on who we are and our style of play than actually you know having to go hell for leather for results so um uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm still in the same camp, and and you know ultimately, if we win every game between now and the end of the season, and we get promoted, then um, you know it's absolutely it's a results business, isn't it? But um, you know, I, yeah. I just wonder whether the, uh, the some of the really boring stuff that we've had to suffer over the last few months would just suggest that actually going all about results right now might actually have a negative effect in terms of the crowd. Um, and, and that actually, I think that as Wednesday fans, we probably appreciate seeing something that's just a bit more pleasing on the eye. Um, but but maybe, you know, there's the odd game where we do concede a last-minute equaliser or something as a result of it. Well, there you are then, folks. There you have it. James and I have swapped buses. And if the rumours <laughs> are to be true, um, for about 10 years of my life, I was on the pink bus. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm all right now. Uh, <laughs> I've moved on, but Vic, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you now. I'm, in an Uber. I'm not getting on <laughs> your stanky bus. <laughs> Get on the pink bus. It's, it's happening. Come with us. Um, I, uh, I before we wrap all this up about about Steve Bruce and uh, and about, I just want to mention the chem. Now we, I think it's, I, I, you know, James James touched on it earlier. It's it's great that it was down to Lukai. It wasn't. Anything deeper within the club? Um, I've just got. I've just. I've just got to mention because I don't think we discussed this this at length before. The um, it's, it can be by some perceived as arrogance, but also uh, is there a level of embarrassment on the on the chairman's behalf? Uh, you know, on the fact that it took him so long to sack to sack Joss and get in somebody who's going to shore up these results, and he did it before with with Carlos as well. Um, is it because it's a? Uh, do you reckon it's a cultural thing about the fact that this is a decision he's made and it's gone south? Um, do you reckon that's what the delay was? I uh, yes, yeah, I do, um, and I believe. I, I mean, I don't know much about Thai culture. I know quite a lot about Chinese culture, um, and you rely on the word and the passing on of your peers and your trusted advisors, which is what he has done, and. Um, um, sorry, <laughs> that threw me. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it is embarrassment on his behalf in the fact that he's had to hold his hands up and say, sorry, yep, screwed it up again, that's my bad. But on the other hand, utmost respect for him for doing that because, like we said, you know, it's in his culture to stick by his word, to stick by his decision, and he's listened to people, and I think that's a really big step for somebody like him who's in a position of power who is... You know, he could have quite easily taken his ball home like he threatened to do at the fans' forum. But actually, he went home, he slept on it, he looked at his kids and he thought, no, do you know what? I've bought into it now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the right thing. And I think hats off to him for that. So much respect for him for actually listening. Um, yeah, all right, too little, not too little too late. It's too late um, by probably three or four games. But, you know, we were never going to crack on this year and get automatic. We weren't going to. So I think... Now he's brought somebody in who hopefully can rebuild. You know, he's rebuilt football clubs before from the ground up. And hopefully he can do that with us now. Um, And he's got a bloody good, like, canvas to work with. You know, it's not a blank canvas, is it? It's 
you know, it's got your Forestieros, it's got your Adam Reaches, it's got your Barry Banners, it's got all those players there. He's just going to build this club up. And hopefully as well, you know, he's bringing in two guys with him and Lee Bullen for the time being. Now, whether or not Lee Bullen will stay come February, I don't know. But I think it's a pretty solid, solid decision by Chancery to go back on his word, but to actually put his money where his mouth is. So what, so what about you, James? What do you think about the future of Lee Bullen? Um, you're, you're, you're renowned as the pragmatic one in this little, in this little band of, uh, of you know, mouth breathers that we, uh, that we have on this podcast. Now, you're, you're the <laughs> pragmatic one. You're the, uh, you're the one that speaks sense. You're the one that tells it as it is, brings it to you straight, John Sadler. Um, the, the future of Lee Bullen, is he, so, now we discussed this in your kitchen a little bit, didn't we? Is he detriment? Is, he, is his presence stopping us going forward? Um, or is he somebody that we definitely need around the club? And do you think he will be? Uh, I, I think there's there's two very distinct camps on this because you could say, well, with with kind of the couple of years that we've had, there's a lot to be said for just a complete clean break, um, and and that is you know kind of let Steve Bruce bring in all new people because you know clearly it's it's not been working for the last two years, so um, you know there's a real argument to just say that what what a club needs when it's kind of been in the sort of position that we've had is that co- complete clean break from from the bottom upwards. Um, on the other hand, I think Lee, Lee, having someone like Lee Bullen, who's been around this club as a as a as a player uh, and obviously as a coach and, and and right now as a as a caretaker manager for such a long time, is a real asset to someone that's that's coming in. Um, you know, Steve Steve Bruce has been around; he's not daft, and and he will kind of know the challenges that that you have when you go to a new place. And just having someone that he can really lean on that. Um, you know, has has the fans very much on side. Uh, I think the fact that he's had a really good record while he's been in caretaker charge will have done him the, the real world of good. Because if we'd have lost all four games, then you, you'd find it really difficult, wouldn't you, to say, look, you know, he's he's got a real positive effect on the on the players. Um, but uh, he he really has got results out of uh, a, a team that was. In, in dire straits before before then. And arguably, he's kind of single-handedly sort of leveled the club out a little bit from, from this kind of spiral that we were that we were in, where everything was just falling to bits. And and, and Lee Bullen's kind of galvanised the, the crowd. Uh, he's obviously got the players playing for, for, for them. Um, and I think that just got, kind of adds to the fact that we'd... Um, you know, when, when we released someone like um, Jose Semedo, right, and, and, and he went, and there's been a few points since then I've looked back and thought, is that actually the point where things started to go wrong for this football club when Semedo left? And, and there's a lot of little things like that. And I think when you lose someone that's a real advocate for your club, uh, it's, it's possible that you can kind of track back to that moment as being a, a point where things started to go wrong. So um, I think if we let Lee Bullen go then we may look back and regret it. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying that he should be working with the first team, but I think there's a real role for him at this at this football club. Even if it's just, um, you know, as like a, 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 a I, I don't know, like um, w- working with the academy or just someone that maybe does flipping hospitality or something. It doesn't really matter. I just think that he's someone that um, really adds something to the club by being around. So I, I think it'd be a mistake now for us to um, to, to let him go. Uh, One thousand percent agree with you there, James. Yeah, I think uh, I think James Allen said the same, didn't he? In your kitchen, I think I, uh, I think I, we discussed it more than what I actually remembered. Then, to be fair. <laughs> All right, then. So, so moving on, then. So, I think there's a there's a general mood of uh, positivity around the uh, around the employment of Steve Bruce, it's, especially in terms of what he can do short term. There's a degree of trepidation financially, and what he what what this may impact us in the, in the long term, which uh, you know we, you've got to. Uh, You've got you've got to take a look at. So uh, let let's move on now, James. When we were talking earlier, you had some. Uh, oh God, I'm going to say it. You had some extra bits. You had some little bits for us. What? Uh, let's move away from Steve Bruce and let's move away from the Midlands for five minutes. What was it? Uh, what was it you wanted to bring to the floor? Uh, well, um, a couple of things, and uh, actually, probably only one thing really, which is uh, is Youth Watch. Uh, so we have uh, another player who signed a professional contract. So I think is this the third player in the last uh, last three two weeks. Three weeks I want to say like that. Uh, so Omar Damba has uh, signed his first uh, professional contract. Um, I can see some kind of song that's a play on La Bamba, 
with Omar. <laughs> I'm going to work on that. Um, I'm just disappointed that Joe West has not kind of featured more for the team because that song would definitely take off. So, um, you know, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is reason oh, alone well, for why we should play um, Joe West. <laughs> Actually, on the uh, on the subject of songs, now obviously Reach scored a goal is the uh, is the current chant of the uh, chant of the Owls fans right now. Now, am I right in thinking that the tune to that is Rotterdam by the Beautiful South? Um, <laughs> Sorry, oh. I still can't breathe. <laughs> is it not? Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was. <laughs> yes, it is Rotterdam. Yeah, it is. I thought it was. My friend thought that it was uh, to the tune of Reach yeah. for the Stars by S Club 7. I'm like, have oh. you never heard that song before? It has nothing like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, Vic, do you know the lyrics to this song? Because I'm uh, I'm a bit... And you've got the best singing voice uh, of us all. And obviously, you can tell uh, I'm well... <laughs> suffering from a sore throat. Yeah. So, uh, how, does, how does that song go? Do you know? Yeah, says the ex-boy band member. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's something like 20 yards or 30 yards... Everywhere we go, 40 yards or 50 yards reaches scoring goals, is it, or something? Yeah. Uh, There's some debate, isn't there, about whether yeah, it's reaches scoring goals or reach has scored a goal. Um, and then, yeah, it's 20 yards or 30 yards everywhere we go, 40 yards or 50 yards, and, and repeat. Mm. I, I think I think reach has scored a goal sits better with me, so uh, that's the official line. Uh, that, that's what we're deciding on. I feel like I'm giving out details to an illegal rave. Um, right, so we're all going to meet in a warehouse uh, later on, drive-by FM, tune in later on. So right then, so uh, <laughs> Vic, uh, you had some extra little bits for us, didn't you? I have two little bits this week. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> uh, a lot smaller than they used to be. Uh, so <laughs> uh, War of the Monster Trucks fanzine have put a call out. They're doing copy number two. Uh, last time it raised nearly £1,000 for the children's hospital. Uh, this time they're wanting to raise money for John Burkill and Macmillan, the man with the pram. Uh, so they want to add that to his £1 million campaign. So they're looking for people to write in um, and send your articles up to 1,000 words. So if you go to www.wotmt.co.uk, four of the monster trucks, but an acronym, um, you can go there and you can find out all the details. And then I've got some sad news tonight as well. Um, just wanted to pay tribute from everyone at the Wednesday week and our thoughts are with the family and friends and loved ones of Eric Kirby, um, who launched the Wise Old Owls Group um, the over 50s supporters club um he's he's passed away at the age of 82 so really sad news there um a beloved great grandfather suffered from alzheimer's and dementia in later life and died last month um and it's been yeah some really sad news for the wednesday family so our thoughts are with his family and friends of course and uh we all echo that sentiment as well uh rest in peace brother all right then so moving on uh, James, if anybody wants to get hold of you on the interwebbings, uh, they want to see you talking about, I don't know, beer, stats, and, uh, you know, beard maintenance. Um, or if I, as your, your, your beard has its own fan account, doesn't it? No, it's not. There's, so there are two James Marriott's, right? There's, there's a, a guy that does, um, like YouTube videos and some podcasts who's also called James Marriott. So um, I uh, I don't think he ever gets any tweets for me or anything, but I get quite a few tweets that are meant for, for him. Um, so, yeah, he's a... Like a viral sensation, or whatever you, whatever the phrase would be. I sound like a right old man there. So he's got a Twitter account <laughs> dedicated to his beard, uh, but um, for some reason they also like some of my tweets. So I, I get notifications that James Marriott's beard liked your tweet or something. So it's it's a bit, it's it's all very odd. <laughs> and I'm also I'm also Facebook friends with this other James Marriott just to uh, also confuse things. Marriott banter. So I am uh, at James Marriott. Uh, the other is at James Marriott YT, uh, for, which stands for YouTube, which is an acronym, as uh, Vic pointed out to us a minute ago, what an acronym is. That was really helpful. Thank you for that, uh, Victoria. Uh, I've, got to, I've got to hold my hands up and say I'm not going to the Luton game on Saturday. Firstly, because I couldn't give a stuff about the FA Cup. Sorry. Uh, and also because I'm having a day out shopping with my mum. So, uh, and I hate half past 12 kickoffs against Luton, and they're bringing about 8,000, so uh, all the atmosphere will be be their fans. So, uh, yeah, I'm giving it a miss. Um, but um, yeah, hopefully it will. Um, it will be a, a you know another another win for um, for for um, our new kind of temporary coaching staff. 
Also, James, sorry, I've completely glossed over this. I went past it. Just before you go, was there a positive effect in dropping the ticket prices at the uh, for the Birmingham game? We completely missed it, didn't we? Uh, well, it was twenty nine thousand. Um, and in actual fact, I was a bit disappointed with how many Birmingham brought because you would expect with the form that they'd been in and stuff that they'd have, have pretty much sold out that that top tier. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, look, it, it it did feel quite full. So I suspect that that twenty nine thousand, wait, twenty nine and a half thousand, whatever it was, uh, that that pretty much every season ticket holder was there. Um, and then obviously you know, a lot of people that that kind of paid on the uh, on the on the day. I, I I was really keeping my fingers crossed that it would break thirty thousand because I thought if we break thirty thousand with with this one, then you know next time this argument about ticket prices comes round, then you know the, the chairman can't kind of you know pedal this line about saying that it doesn't make any difference. So it's a bit of a shame that we didn't quite break thirty thousand, but um, I I thought it was a good atmosphere as well. Great news, great news. Now Vic, were they all throwing up and pooing and weeing in your garden because? Apparently, you live nearby, don't you? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who's been pooing in my I was making a segue of the amount of people in and around your home. Uh, <laughs> were they pooing and weeing and being sick in your garden? You know what I mean? That, that, I, I can't believe you didn't pick up on that. Uh, no, no, they weren't. No. Um, and also, I, like, Birmingham didn't take that many, did they? So had they have taken, like, another 500, then it would have been 30,000. I think you couldn't really fit anyone else in our end. And ladies and gentlemen, tune us next week for more quick maths. <laughs> uh, do you want my Twitter name or what? Yeah, go on, just tell us. Uh, it. It's at Victoria's <laughs> Beard um, or also at Victoria1867. <laughs> I would so set that. I would so set that up. Thing is that I've got so many different Twitter accounts that I haven't got any email addresses left. I think you're rich, Dave. That I can register any, <laughs> any, any Twitter accounts from. Um, I, I opened, I did open, I started a new Twitter account a couple of weeks ago, and then it demanded my phone number to confirm it, and uh, it said, "Sorry, you've already got too many accounts associated with your phone number." Otherwise, I would set up Victoria Woods beard. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, don't forget, uh, Riverside Cafe open on match days on Catch Bar Lane. Uh, my name's Dan Fudge. I'm at Dan Fudge on Twitter. Also, if you want any other Wednesday news and some badly photoshopped pictures of his face on Chris Waddle's body, um, look at Dom Housen as well. He got a bit drunk over the Christmas period. Totally worth every minute of your time. Thanks a lot for joining <laughs> us and uh, <laughs> good luck to the new gaffer and hopefully we'll see you again real soon. Keep up to date with the Wednesday Week on Twitter at TWWcast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.